right, we are back. This is our first duo podcast with a little extra from Craig. Craig's not here with us on the Google Meet right now, but you might still hear his voice, but we won't. And this is going to be really fun. Craig edits the podcast, and he's going to add some voiceover, and we won't know what he says until we ourselves listen to it. So this could be fun. Hopefully he doesn't bash us too much. Are you excited, Dan? Oh, we're totally getting bashed. I would never say a bad thing about you guys. Yeah, and seriously, like, who allowed him to take the time off? I think that's your department, Kyle. You're supposed to, like, rein him in when he says he wants a night off. I tried. I tried. And he's like, come on, man. I do all the editing. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of work. Never mind. Go. Run. <laughs> that's fair. We'll give him that. We don't pay we him will. anyway. Dude, the season is about to start. Yes, it is. I'm it super is. excited. Currently 8 p.m. on Tuesday, which means the Penguins and the Lightning have potentially already started. The Lightning have already put their Stanley Cup flag into the rafters. Wow. Good for them. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Two in a row. That's uh, going for the hat trick. Hopefully not. Maybe another blue and white team wins. Oh, that'd be nice. Hopefully not that one. one. (laughs) (laughs) Can't think of one. Uh, Leafs start on Wednesday evening against the Montreal Canadiens, and the next day they get to go to our favorite place, the Hostile Lands, to take on the Ottawa Senators. And speaking of set game on Thursday, we hope to actually see our listeners there in person. We're going to go to the game uh, just outside and hand out some stickers. We got some stickers printed. They're so cool with our new logo on it and our Instagram handle little meet and greet hand out some free stickers you can put them on your stuff you can share our handle with anyone you know you can put them on things around the ctc whatever Stick you want everywhere maybe we'll we'll do some interviews or some trivia to win some leafs fans and hostile lands pucks you never know we got some merch it's gonna be exciting gonna be exciting meet some people but the leafs we got some news some- we have lots of news we have really bad news, actually. All of it is bad. Not <laughs> now that good I'm looking news. at the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess not. <laughs> Everything so, sucks. First thing Adam Brooks. I think he's been with the team, maybe drafted 2014, something like that. I'm not sure. But it's taken him a while to get up with the, uh, up with the main squad. And Dubas went for another. Hopefully he doesn't get claimed, sort of waiver yep. wire thing. Yep. And Adam Brooks got claimed. And put a little extra extra twist into the knife in the back. It was the Montreal Canadiens that claimed him. So how much more do we hate the Habs? What where are we with this? You know, I mean, of course it's gonna be the Habs that claimed him because they just wanna stick that little knife in a little bit further. Um but to be fair, I think uh, we can give him up. Um, you know, in his two seasons with the Leafs, he produced something like eight points. Um, now, he didn't play a ton of games, to be fair. But he never... Uh, he impressed me, I think, at the start of last season when he was being played a little bit. I, I liked watching him. But then he quickly died out and he wasn't played anymore. So it was like, okay, Adam who? So I, I'm okay to see him go. I think we have enough depth um, in the center that we can kind of lose him and still be okay, assuming all of the rest of our bad news we're about to share doesn't happen too long. Yeah, um, yeah. But but I think, you know, the Habs uh, needed the center depth, and I think that's probably why they grabbed him. Um, he may not be around long on the team, 
uh, he might get sent down, but you know, we'll see. He might might play a few games. Yeah, I'm looking at the Montreal center depth right now. We've got either Nick Suzuki or Christian Dvorak as kind of that number one or number two center. I'd say that's pretty solid yep. to start off. And after that, just at least on cap friendly, we could have Jake Evans in the third center role. We could have Cedric Paquette, but that's more of a fourth line kind of grinder, maybe on the wing. Uh, Ryan Paling, still young and developing. Maybe I've heard maybe shouldn't be in the NHL quite yet. Oh, yeah. And and yeah, so fourth line center, Adam Brooks, I think that'd be a solid spot. That's where he played mostly with the Leafs yep. last year with Thornton and Spezza, and they had some good chemistry. So I get it. I get it. But really, you can put anybody with Thornton and Spezza, and they're going to look pretty good. I mean, yeah. two veterans like that, it's hard <laughs> to screw that position up when you're the center for the two wingers. Keep your stick on the ice. We'll get it to you, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not going to be a problem. Just keep your head down. We'll do all the body checking for you. Yeah. Uh, God. Next bad news, Matthews. We knew that he just had his wrist surgery. We all agreed kind of a good thing, get it done in the offseason, hoping that he might come back right away first game. No, he's going to be out for at least the first three games. So Wednesday, Thursday, and then the subsequent Saturday might come back when they play the Rangers, which is really cool. We have mm-hmm. not said that in a while, that the Leafs are going to play a non-Canadian team. That'll be exciting on Monday next week. It, it's going to be a mind trip. I mean, I kind of got used to the North Division, um, and I kind of liked it because, Me you too. know, you see all the Canadian teams playing. You, you get to know all the Canadian players of, you know, that you might not be able to watch all the time because you're always focused on the Leafs or something. But, um, you know, I'm not really looking forward to be back in there with Boston. Certainly not thrilled about being in there with Tampa again. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I would much rather go back to the North, even though we won't. And I'd much rather face these teams with Matthews in the lineup. So, oh my God, first first three games is going to be interesting up the middle. I'll talk about that when we get to the lineup later, but lose a center much like we did in the playoffs and the Leafs kind of lose some of that depth very, very quickly. It's nice to have Tavares second line. And then third and fourth, you're you're doing okay. Yeah. You put one of those third or fourth guys up to second, and it starts to look a little weak. But hopefully, another by the, player. Ho- hopefully, by the time we get back, uh, you know, playing the Rangers, we'll have him back. So you know, maybe we'll get through the Canadian teams and then have him back for that. So that's kind of where it gets scary. I think we can, you know, we've played a few preseason games against Montreal and Ottawa, so I'm feeling a little more confident against that against those yep. two teams right now. Um, especially with price being out, unfortunately. Uh, but, yeah. um, you know, Rangers, uh, huge wild card there without Matthews. Another player who's out for much more of an extended period of time, oh, Ilya yeah. Mikheyev, out at least eight weeks. Something to do with his wrist or his hand. I hope, I never thought about this. I hope it's not the same wrist that unfortunately got slit two years ago by a skate. Maybe. I don't know. The official report right now is that it's a thumb injury, so it doesn't seem to be related to the injury from a couple seasons ago. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I mean, you know, he's... This is a blow for him. This was kind of his season to show that he was going to be, you know, mid-range on the Leafs lineup, and being out eight weeks, and then you've got the rehab time and the time, like, get back up to speed with the team, and who knows where they're going to slot you in. Um... This could be bad for him. I mean, it's obviously it's bad for him and for the team, but long term, this could have ramifications. 
much like when he did yeah. uh, have that wrist injury before. When he came back, it was kind of touch and go with him, and he didn't feel quite as confident, and he never really got that confidence back. Yeah. So I, I agree. Uh, rumors were he was maybe supposed to be slotted with Tavares and Nylander, so a really good opportunity there, especially after he had that potential trade request yeah. because he wasn't getting the minutes. Also could have been with Kampf and Kasha and a really solid shutdown line there. But Engvall played really well in the preseason. So he's Engvall's kind of taken that slot, mm-hmm. and it'd be tough to move him away from that considering what's going on with him right now. Well, and really, like with where he is right now in his game, I kind of see him on the third line, if nothing else. I, I don't know if he's quite top mm-hmm. six material, right? So to bump Engvall there, it's uh, I, I, probably not the right move to make. Um, when he comes back, uh, hopefully he gets to the spot back on third. But then, you know, what do you do with Engvall? <laughs> so right, right. It just everything's going to cascade from there. Um, but, you know, maybe we see him, I don't know, take up fourth line something. Who knows? But then you've got to get rid of Spezza or what, Simmons? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah it gets that's tricky. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, exactly. Last guy on the Leafs bad news block, Marner. Got a little bit of a hit, and he got it from our big guy, Wayne Simmons. And he had a a quick conversation with the trainer afterwards, slow to get up, and they said, okay, just get off the ice. We'll take you out. Keefe didn't seem to think that it was going to be a problem, more of a precaution. And even Spezza kind of made light of it, I think, in his interview. He's like, no, no, it's not a problem. I think he just needed a rest. And uh, who wants to ever get hit by Simmons anyway? So... He was he was kind of making a joke, which is good, maybe. But oh, <laughs> Matthews and Marner down. I don't think this has ever happened. It's always been kind of one or the other during the season. Yep. I can't imagine starting the season without the two of them. Yeah, of all the people you want to be hit by, you don't want to be hit by. Simmons is that guy on the team. So we wish him a speedy recovery if it's anything you know that's going to take some time. But we're running out of you know offensive power here and wing strength, like. I'm a little nervous if he's out too long term, how that's going to feel for the Leafs uh, top six. It's going to be the line blending that we saw a little bit of last year. And I'm my confidence wanes a little bit if he's out for more than a few games. Absolutely. Looking at these lines, uh, what they had practice lines a couple of days ago, obviously could have some changes before the first game, but this is what we have from Twitter. First line, Richie on the left, Tavares in the middle, and then Marner. Second line, Bunting, Kerfoot in the center. I found that interesting. Mm. Nylander, and then Engvall, Kampf, Kasha, which I already mentioned, and then Simmons, Amadio in the center <laughs> with Spezza, and our extras are, of course, Matthews and Simeonov, who may get uh, a round in the back-to-back sort of thing. Maybe you sit one of the older dudes, or Amadio comes out and Simeonov goes in. Let's start with the offense. Do we have confidence in this offense, Dan? What do you think? Well, I mean, if Marner's okay, yeah. I think we have enough firepower to keep going kind of in the same direction we were headed at the end of last season, regular season, that is. So I have a little bit of confidence for sure. If Marner's out, things get a little more dicey. And that's kind of where I see maybe some problems happening. I mean, you're going to have people playing on uh, lines with players they've never played with. Or, you know, not they don't play with often. So immediately you've got kind of lack of chemistry there. Yeah, no, confidence is waning, especially with all these preseason injuries. Like what the hell is happening in the preseason that everyone's getting injured? 
this is supposed to be, you know, fun games where yeah. <laughs> nobody really hits that hard and you're you're not trying to get injured. And especially I mean, Marner got injured at practice. That sucks. But Yeah. You know, this is not the time you want to be taking a ton of injuries, especially when you have your star player out. Yeah, the big one for me, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit, was depth down the center. Now Kerfoot is back into a center role and second-line center. I don't know about that. He yeah. seemed to mesh really, really well with Tavares and Nylander when he was on the wing. And even in the third line on the wing would be great, too. So that center depth is really getting exposed again, much like it did in the playoffs. I'm not confident in that second line quite as much. Nylander is kind of the only power forward there. Bunting is supposed to just be kind of a pain in the butt, which is more of a, a third line, maybe even fourth line kind of guy. So second line, we'll see. I could, and hopefully, put my foot in my mouth, <laughs> and they'll get like three goals just themselves. So that'd be great. That'd be great. But I am looking forward to that top line. Tavares yeah. and Marner, they don't play quite as often. Obviously, on the power play, they do. And Tavares came into the Leafs, with kind of the promise that he would get to play with Marner. Yeah, and then exactly. he found chemistry well. with Nylander. And it's like, oh, let's get these guys back together. Let's see what goes on. And then, side note, I got Tavares in my fantasies. So, uh, <laughs> so I you would love hate for a little bit of first line action. <laughs> I would love a couple extra points, maybe on the power play, maybe not. You know, get him some, uh, some more minutes. I'm sure you would. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the problem is, though, as you said, like Kerfoot was okay on the second line last year when he played it, but he was with Tavares. And now Tavares is gone. So it's like uh, you're you're kind of losing the player that kind of propped him up a little bit, I think. So, yeah, we'll see if he's uh, second line material. Silver lining, Kerfoot is defensively responsible, I would say. So yeah, that gives fair. Nylander a little bit of room for sure. And then Bunting, I, I bet, is also defensively responsible we'll find out he's maybe got some hymen in him so he'll go dig him for those pucks get him to Nylander and Nylander was on a tear in the playoffs I think this is going to be Nylander's best year by far I think you're right I think he's just getting started let's talk about Amadio for a second though I don't know anything about this guy I've never heard of this guy and he kind of eked out Brooks a little bit which is interesting I really thought Brooks was going to take a step with the Leafs this year and Amadio got it instead. What what do you know about this guy? I I mean, like, there's not a ton on him for the Leafs because this is his first year, right? So he yeah. played with LA Kings for a bunch of years. Then he played with Ottawa for a year. Um, the only thing I could kind of see that was significant is a little bit more veteran class as he's been in the NHL a little bit longer. But also mm -hmm. he's a big guy. Like, he's 6'2", 205 pounds, so maybe they're looking to bolster up that fourth line a little and have it more as a shutdown line, you know, if you're not going to get a ton of goals scored out of Simmons and Spezza, um, which could happen. I mean, you see Spezza go on these tears every once in a while, but yeah, maybe you throw him on there and just get a whole bunch of size, and if you ever need to shut down a first line or something, you throw out your fourth and see what happens. Like... Everything you just said is entirely new information to me. And I looked him <laughs> cap friendly and I'm like, 25, he's 25. I thought yeah. this guy was maybe a prospect or something. No, he's he's been in the league and you're right on the money. If he's a big dude, that's why they're putting him in over Brooks. Brooks is a small, skilled guy, yeah. which is great. And they wanted to have, you know, a depth piece in case someone like Marner or Nylander went down. Never mind. Did you see <laughs> Nylander in yeah. All or Nothing? That guy is freaking jacked. He's I know. He's huge. a beast. And he the size doesn't of his like to legs clothes. are like the size of my head. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like Thornton too. Oh yeah, that guy was huge. Like just 
beard is huge, but then you look at his body and you're like, yeah, you're going to eat me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's scary stuff, man. So glad to have Amadio in now that you mention all this stuff. So this is this is good news. We got a hardcore fourth line. We got a pesky third line. And we got some skill on the top two. And once Matthews comes back, that skill is just going to increase. And I think, you know, Kerfoot maybe going down to third is going to make it even peskier. Or Bunting going down yeah. to, to third line. So Yeah, I agree. And having, gonna... sorry, having Matthews out for three games instead of, you know, that being in numbers of weeks, I'm feeling a mm. lot better that we're going to have some firepower come back to the lines. You'll get yes. the cascade of players down to where they should be, and then I think we'll see a lot better uh, hockey out of them. Yeah, yeah. Defense. Riley Brody. This is good. Defense, like I'm feeling this. good. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I really don't feel bad about defense. I know, you know, Lilligren is not my absolute favorite, um, but, you know, the... The defense parents I think we have right now are, are fantastic. Um, well, let me read them out. We don't okay, even know okay, who they fair are. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Who the heck are these guys? Oh, my <laughs> God. Our Lord and Savior, Craig, up here is probably saying that. Damn, why did you cut him off? What the heck, man? <laughs> now, boys, keep it up. You're doing great. Riley Brody, we like this. Muzzin Hall, we like this. Yep. Sandine Dermot slash Lilgren is what we have on our information. So, again, maybe... It's Sandy and Dermot first game, and Lowell Green gets a look at the second game because they've got the back-to-back, and then they kind of duke it out. So we end up having this either rotating third line or competitive third uh, pairing D, kind of like we did last year. Dermot didn't get in every game. Bogosian was really solid. Mm-hmm, they wanted mm-hmm. to get Sandine in there. They did the 7D sometimes last year to get Lilgren in. We had Letton in for a bit, trying to get in the lineup. This competition, I think, is a good good thing because those top four seem to be pretty pretty locked in and you seem pretty passionate about it there okay (laughs) i i I am Uh, i think uh, you're right absolutely right the top four are locked in it's going to be a little bit of competition to see who makes that sixth spot and uh that's needed on a team you know if you've got players cemented in their spots and not fighting for a place on the roster then everyone can get a little bit lazy so you know make them work for it agreed agreed especially with the younger guys like Sandy and Logren and Dermot. Dermot did get a two-year, $1.5 million contract, so great for him. He was uh, left exposed in the Seattle expansion draft and wasn't picked up. So kind of a message there like, hey, man, it is time to take that next step, especially with, and we've talked about this several times, Riley potentially going out the door his uh, last year in his contract sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And our last two favorite gentlemen, Jack Campbell. Definitely getting the opening night start on uh, Wednesday against the Habs. And then Mrazek uh, backing up. And Mrazek will probably get the second game against the Sens back-to-back there. That's cool that both goalies get a look in the first week. Yep. My question is, who gets Saturday? And why is it not automatically Campbell? At least, why do I think it's? You know, I, I actually disagree. I think they're going to give Campbell the... I, I'm doing air quotes here, everybody, but the honor of <laughs> uh, starting Saturday. I think he's earned it after last year. Uh, he put up some impressive numbers. He put up an, that amazing start that he had last year. If he gets a good start this year, why not play him? I, I mean, we don't really have the first and second goalies right now that you know a lot of teams do. They've got their backup and their primary, but we kind of have the tandem going, and I feel pretty good about that. Um, but I would give the crown to Campbell to start off until, and it would be his to lose. 
Okay, so what if he does very, very poorly opening night, and Mirazik <clears throat> destroys the Sens? Does Mirazik get the Sens again on Saturday? That's what that that was. I don't know where I'm going. Or do you think it goes back to Campbell because he's the leading man, at least to start the season? Well, you know, I, I think it would still go back to Campbell just to not tire them out too much, uh, just based on the back-to-back nights. So, I mean, that's how I would play it. Again, I'm not an NHL. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, uh, like thurs- Thursday is Mrazek, and then Saturday would be, cause I don't know if you know there's a day in there in between. Yeah, Friday. yeah, yeah. Um, so Mrazek could go again, you know, playing Thursday and then... And then Friday, what do you, what, yeah, yeah, no, or back if to Campbell. If he stands, if Morazic stands on his head, sure, play him again. But I mm-hmm. think it's probably healthier to start off a season alternating. Okay. Um, maybe favoring the player that's been with your team for the last year, doing really well, and who the guys kind of rally around and bond with automatically. Um, but then, you know, maybe uh, Keith as a confidence booster gives it to Morazic and says, hey, you know, welcome to the team. <laughs> Show us what you got. So it could go either way. It, it's going to be interesting to see. And yeah, if if it is kind of a back and forth thing, does Morazic get the Rangers on Monday? So it's not a back to back. So there's no reason to automatically do it. But is is it because you know they're full on tandem, or does it again stick with the hot goalie, or does it stick with Campbell because he's the number one? So that that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Personally, I think to start the season, they should go back and forth just to get them in the minutes and get them the reps and then start going with the hot goalie after that. Uh, power play. couple things we got for that. Top power play was Richie in front of the net, which is great because mm-hmm. he's huge. And then, of course, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, and Riley, kind of the QB, out top. And second one, Simmons out front. Engvall bunting Spezza as your forwards, and then Sandine doing the QB stuff. Oof, that second one, it doesn't seem <laughs> quite as hot as I thought. No Kerfoot on the second one? That's weird. Yeah, no Kerfoot. I mean, the second one is definitely like almost trying to scrape together something that would work. Um, I, I like having Simmons and Spets on it, so you get the size and get a little bit of shutdown. Engvall's seasoned player, he should be fine. Bunting... You know, he's new to it, but again, I haven't seen him play that much. What I've seen, Mm -hmm. I've liked. But it does seem a little bit of a hodgepodge second uh, power play. First power play, no problem. That that works for me all day long. Um, You know, you you slot in Matthews there and replace him uh, when he comes back. But uh, other than that, I think it's great. I think they've been doing some some rotation in front of the net and kind of thinking about Matthews coming back that Tavares right. was in front of the net a little bit and I think Marner took some chances in front of the net which was oh, interesting really? there yeah yeah they're kind of mixing things up a little bit um going for it I wouldn't mind having 2D on the second power play throwing in yep. Muzzin oh, yeah. la- at the end of last year they threw in Muzzin on the top power play unit and he just hit clappers and it's like oh my god we need to get the puck to the freaking net let's just shoot it and see what happens i wouldn't mind seeing uh muzzin in there but then you gotta you got lefty and lefty at the top i was just I, thinking I who do you take out do you take out engville or do you take out simmons well not simmons the simmons and spets i think are solidified either engville or bunting yeah fair uh probably i'm not sure engville is kind of hot right now but having the 2d is not uncommon i know montreal did it with uh, weber and petrie a little bit mm-hmm. now that seemed to work out pretty well i i think it, it, you'd move engville 
and uh, yeah. get another D in there. Yeah, that's a lot of left hand shot, as you said. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But Sandine has played a little bit of right, kind of, kind of getting that in there. Oh, I yeah. just said um, darn, we forgot to count up our ums. Maybe Craig, our Lord and Savior again, will count up the ums for us. That'll be exciting. So far, you are at a few. Okay, that's a lot of Leafs. 25 minutes of Leafs. Dan, anything else to say about these uh, buds? Go these Leafs, buds go. Here? Go Leafs, Ducks. Oh, no, we don't want to finish it. <laughs> don't want to finish it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm feeling good uh, asterisks as long as Matthews <laughs> and Marner are okay. That sounds like being a Leaf fan. I feel good. <laughs> asterisks. Here's Appendix A of why I don't feel good. <laughs> exactly. And this is my list of worries. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with... The playoffs. Yeah. Ex- oh, and God. then injuries going on and on and on. Yeah. But we wouldn't be a Leafs fans and Hostile Lands podcast if we didn't have our favorite segment, the Capital Corner. And our Hostile Lands fan- friends, the Ottawa Senators, have a lot going on. Colin White is going to be missing significant time after a hit from... Mr. Kampf on the Maple Leafs. That's not great for that team. They gave no. him quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Something I didn't really notice, especially because last year we talked about how the Senators had really, really great goalie depth. They had Matt Murray. Sure, whatever. They had Joey Decord. He got taken on the expansion draft. Yep. Philip Gustafson. I think he's going to be amazing and might even take the net this year. Mm. And Marcus Hogberg, who was kind of the de facto backup for a while. He's no longer on the team. I know. That surprised me also. he I thought he was going to stick around. He did fairly decently throughout uh, the latter part of the season. And that's kind of yeah. when the Sens did their little bit of run. Like It wasn't a playoff run. Sorry, guys. But sure. it was a, a run to get points at the end of the season. And they, they didn't get last. I think it was they Vancouver that last. got last in the uh, division there. Yep. And, yeah, so four goalies. And Anton Forsberg did come in midseason from every team because he got bumped around a lot in waivers mm-hmm. and they kept him so they've got matt murray and anton forsberg starting the year with phil gustafson still being able to clear waivers uh no problem or not clear waivers but go through waivers without having to clear and again i still have faith in gustafson decent tandem to start but hogberg gone to sweden he's not even in the league anymore yeah. in to Linkoping hc and it could just know. be like veteran status on the team because he's only been around a few years where, well, four years, I guess, uh, where the others have been around uh, five or six. So yeah, it, it could have just fallen to that. His stats are a little weaker overall. His save percentage is a little lower. If you're going to cut somebody, cut him. Yeah. Um, but, but at the end of the year, I definitely thought he was going to be seen this year. Agreed. Agreed. And the big one. Brady Kachuk still oh, yeah. has not signed with the team. If I look at Cap Friendly, he's 22 years old and an RFA this year with no money after him. That's weird. Still holding out. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, pulling a Nylander, as you said. <laughs> kind of pulling a Nylander here. Nylander, if we remember, held out, I believe it was 2017, maybe 2018. All the way to December 1st, and I think the deadline was like December 1st at noon, and he held out to like 11.58, and then they got his contract done, which now looks really good compared to Matthews Marner yeah, of course. And, uh, and Tavares. But Nylander wanted his money. He thought he was valuable. He wanted specific terms, specific money, and held out, held out. We could have this with Brady Kachuk again. I've heard, though, 
Brady does not want term. He wants a bridge deal right. for the right number because why would he want to sign eight years with a shaky team like this Exactly. And a crazy owner a little bit? Melnick not <laughs> great, and maybe Melnick is holding out the money. It's like, oh, you want to sign long-term? I'll give you $7 million. Uh, What? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's essentially betting on himself, right, to, to, yeah. to try and go for a bridge deal. So it, it makes sense from his perspective, uh, as you said, Sends are a bit shaky and long term. Is that really who you want to be with for eight years? Right. So right. I, it, it's surprising. I didn't really see this coming, but I did a little bit because of his brother. Oh, so Matthew yeah. held out a little bit and he did get his bridge deal, I think, for a fair number. I think it's in the sevens. And supposedly, uh, dad, Keith Kachuk, is very involved in the negotiations for, of course. for both his sons. And Matthew is very involved in Brady's negotiations. Maybe not with the agent or with the team, but, you know, talking to his bro uh, behind the scenes, that that could be a problem. Nylander, I think, maybe same idea because his dad was a hockey player. Yeah. And it's like, get your money, son. Get 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 in there. Get paid. <laughs> well, it it's kind of like the players trying to take it into their own hands a little bit and take a little bit of power away from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's risky. They they could choose to to not sign. Well, they're not going to not sign him, but to do a, a shitty bridge deal that doesn't really see because he's going to earn less money in that anyway. So I don't know. It's risky, but as you said, if he holds out like his brother does and he gets the deal, then it's all worth it. If not, yep. he kind of screws himself. So I I think it's not a bad idea. Nylander, um doing that last year kind of set like the tone for it happening again a little bit more. With Marner, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and because uh, that was huge news. So it's it's worth trying, but it, it kind of yeah. sucks for the team. Like, to have them not officially signed starting the season, that's got to be a little bit of a morale drain. Yeah, unless you're looking at some of the other RFAs. Josh Norris is coming up, Tim Stutzla, Shane Pinto, uh, Alex Formanton. Okay, maybe not as much money there, but still <laughs> going to be an RFA next year. You know, they see this, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that too and, and get my bank. So maybe they're on the maybe they're on Kachuk's side. Oh, if a lot of players start doing this, it could it could bite bite in the ass. Well, yeah, I mean it's as I said, like it gives a little bit more power to the player. So if that's where they want to take this, then sure. Mm-hmm. But we could see a lot of bridge deals that don't that kind of fall through at the end, and it ends yeah. up having the players uh, take less money for a few years. Now again, we're talking millions of dollars, so like, who cares? But <laughs> to, to, to us, to the yeah, layman, exactly yeah. to us, <laughs> like you know, one point two yeah. versus one point six, you know, screw off. But yeah, uh, we'll see. Okay, we've got the Sens roster up here. I've got it on cap friendly as well. Still quite young. Not as many veterans around as they brought in last year. At least from what I'm seeing, they're kind of betting on their team now. A lot of UFAs for next year. A lot of RFAs for next year. Yep. Expectations for the Sens this year. Dan, what do you think? Are they going to do better than last year? Are they still going to be a bottom feeder? I even said they might make the playoffs as a as a wild card. What What do you think? Well, you know, the amount of uh, unsigned players next year is a little bit concerning. Um, yeah. But I, you know, in terms of where they're going to come stand-ins-wise for the season, I think they're, we're going to see a better season out of them. I think we're going to see better goaltending. Um, I also think, uh, they have, uh, you know, last year they had a really green team this year. It's a less green team. So, you know, a little bit more experience on the lines. 
I think they're going to come mid to low in the pack. Um, especially against like when you've got teams like Boston and Tampa that are kind of stacked at the moment and, you know, veteran teams that know what they're doing. They know their game. They're super deep. Uh, it's going to be really hard, I think, for them. Yep. I'm going to stick with my potential prediction that they, really? they might make the playoffs. I, I don't know. They're the pesky sins. And I was listening to other podcasts, and it seems like teams – well, obviously, because they're the Sens and they think they're not good, that they let off the gas pedal a little bit. Right. But right. the Sens never let off the gas pedal. They go, go, go. They they came back in that stupid, oh, stupid yes. 5-1 game against the Leafs. Couldn't believe that. They can do that any season. I, I think they might catch some teams sleeping, and they got the whole league to catch them sleeping this year. So I, I, I'm going to give them some props. So, so you're calling playoff contenders for the Sens? Oh, it'll be like squeak in at the very end. Okay, okay, okay. And then get Almost destroyed like a wild by, position. <laughs> yeah, get destroyed by whoever's first in either the Metro or uh, the Atlantic. And right, like it, okay. it'll be cool, much like when the Leafs got in in Matthew's first year. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna say mid to low of the pack. That's you know my official. Uh, I, I'm gonna say sixth, cool. five or six. Let's say that. Well, I would hope so with Detroit and. Um, Buffalo. Buffalo in the division. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't put them last. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope not. For the hostile land's sake. Uh, two games against the Leafs this week, Wednesday, or sorry, Thursday and Saturday. Two wins for the Leafs or struggles? I think we're going to lose in Ottawa uh, in oh, spectacular no. fashion, and then we're going to win. Hockey Night in Canada. Got to win. Yep. Uh, exactly. I And... You know, that's kind of like, that's the Leafs' MO, is lose in the first game that it matters when you really <laughs> want to screw them, and then yeah. kind of sneak back in a 2-1 to one or something at, you know, the second game. Uh, but I, I'm I'm kind of, I, I don't want to go to the first game. Uh, I don't want to see it live. <laughs> Let's put it that no. way. <laughs> Speaking of the first game, kind of skipping over the Leafs v. Habs. I think we're done with our capital corner. That was great. I expect two wins, by the way, out of uh, out of the Leafs against the Sens. Good answer. Yeah. But Leafs against Habs, first regular season game since the Game 7, round one, not exciting. You think the Leafs just full on vengeance, or or is it more tentative and they're afraid of the Habs? I think they're going to start a little more tentative. Um, I think they're going to come out hard. But again, we don't have Matthews. We might not have Marner. We don't have Mikheyev. Um, yeah. You know, we can play as hard as we want without those players. But if you don't have Matthews and Marner, that's, what, a third of the firepower gone? So uh, I think they're going to come out with all the heart they can. I don't know where it's going to end up. Well, I hope Marner is... In the lineup. I, I hope so. Not, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. just, you know, I'm pessimistic right now because of all the injuries that have happened. Fair, fair. And it's early in the season. Like, as exciting as it is for hockey to be back and you want the fans to, to watch, it's probably a better idea if he's actually hurt just to be precautious. Totally fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, uh, you know what? I was going to say Montreal's the younger team, but now looking at the ages, maybe they're not. They might be a similar age range to the Leafs. But I was going to say, I think the kids are going to come out firing on the Habs. Suzuki, yeah. Caulfield, Evans. Uh, if Brooks gets a chance to play, like, why not get out there? 
not too much youth on maybe a Romanov, not too much youth otherwise on the defense. Yeah. But like you said off the top, no uh, no carry price. We got Jake Allen, who's solid, but I think Campbell can take him if we're if we're thinking goalie duels. So I think opposite. They don't come out tentative. It's full on vengeance. This is the game we should have won, the fourth game that should have been won in that series. Peace out, Habs. Now, now, how do you... Okay, so I kind of feel like the Habs have two kind of kryptonite players um, just from the end of last season. One okay. of them being Caulfield, yep. who I'm a little afraid to see him play this year because I think, uh, you know, seeing what he's capable of in the last few uh, weeks of the season last year, yep. that kid's scary. Um, but then Anderson always seems to manage to score against the Leafs. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know how. But I'm a little bit worried about that happening um, against He's Toronto He's got the Leafs week. number. I totally yeah. agree. And Caulfield, if it goes to overtime, Caulfield's going to score. Like we, <laughs> that, that's, that's what happens. We know this. That's just the way it's written. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Anderson wouldn't be surprised at all and wouldn't be like, oh, darn. If Josh Anderson gets the first goal, I'll just be like... The script has been written, and we're we're gonna follow it. Yeah, but I still think the Leafs come back with a vengeance, even after that, and we're gonna have some. This is the time, sort of thing, like Keith speech things. Like we gotta get these guys back, and fifteen f bombs in one sentence, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Even even with Josh Anderson, I think we got it. Craig, what do you think? I think it'll be a great game as long as they play one hundred ten percent to get the pucks in deep and really grind out a win. Great take, man. Really nice. <laughs> I gave him one <laughs> second to edit himself in there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Craig. Not sorry. Other news in the league. LA Kings have a new third jersey. Have you seen it, Dan? I haven't yet, actually. I, I was looking for it, and then the kids started screaming right before the podcast, and I ran out of time. So That's okay. I, I haven't it's, checked it uh, out yet. It's kind of the Gretzky one. Oh, okay. There. No, I, did, I, I think I did see it, actually, uh, this week in passing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm excited that I, I don't know why I'm calling it the Gretzky one, but I think it's the '90s one. Really, really cool logo. I think they had it on the what are they called? Retro reverse, whatever reverse yeah, retro yeah. jerseys. Reverse retro. But they did it in uh, purple and gold, which I thought was great. So they're going back to their original colors. But I think this is only for an away jersey, a white jersey. Okay. But they've got those bright silver helmets for this, much like the Golden Knights' bright gold helmets, like shiny, super shiny. And not for me, man. I like a solid white helmet or matte helmet. Or, or maybe they're not matte, but super shiny. You can see your face in that thing. It's so weird. It's all about blinding the other players, man. That's It's just functional. That's all it is. I would love that. Uh, okay, he's coming down the ice. He's got the breakaway, and he blinds the goalie by tilting his head. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be awesome. Other quick news. The Seattle Kraken... Announced their first captain ever in franchise history. They're about to start playing here soon. Uh, Mark Giordano, the former captain of the Calgary Flames. Interesting. The Vegas Golden Knights did not announce a captain. I put, I think until last year, Mark Stone got it. Very deserving, for sure. And the Kraken go against the green. And captain, first year. Definitely deserving. He's only there for one year. And then he's a UFA. I found it to be very odd. What do you think? I mean, they're a brand new team, so they have to just go with what works. And I think he's how many years has he been on Calgary? Something like 14, 15. And then 
he was capping like for six or seven years or something like that, like something crazy. So take somebody that's loyal and knows the role really well, even though they're there for a year, get a good start out on the season. And I think they're going to try and pull off a golden Knights year um, that the, you know, Vegas had in their first year. So it kind of makes sense to make an Uber veteran and a good player. And from what I've heard, a good person, a captain, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's uh, that much of a surprise move. Given that he's got one year, you know, that's kind of strange. But, mm-hmm. you know, function-wise, I think it makes sense. Cool. I Well, I hope they're able to maybe re-sign him for a couple of years, keep him as the captain. He is up there in age, but, yep. you know, if he wants to play. I don't know if the Seattle Kraken, at least the management, are trying to pull a Vegas, but I think the players will. Kind of island yeah. misfit yeah. toys. You didn't protect me. I'm I'm going for it. Bunch of second round picks. Well, there's quite a few first round picks in there too. Just just wanting wanting to fight for their job or not fight for the, they had to fight for their job before. And now they got the job. So yeah. make it happen. You know, I'll probably watch a game or two just to see McCann play. Even though yeah. we didn't really see him on the Leafs, um, yeah. just to see how, kind of how he shakes out there. It'd be interesting to see. He'll be first or second line center. <laughs> Yeah. Which he definitely didn't have that opportunity in Pittsburgh and definitely wouldn't have had that on the Leafs. No, so he'd be good third. for him. Good for him. Yeah. Couple signings around the NHL. The Habs lock up Nick Suzuki for eight years times seven million point eight five seven five. That's a lot of money <laughs> for a young uh young player. I don't think it kicks in until uh next year. Yeah, yes, yeah. correct. It does not kick in until next year, so They've got a lot of faith in him. He's the future, which is great. He did sign an eight-year deal, whereas Kachuk is holding out. I think it's a good number for a first-line center. And great job. Great job by the Habs there. What do you think? I I completely agree. I mean, watching him play against Toronto last year, uh, sign him or, you know, stop whining. Um, He's a fantastic player. He's quick on the ice, great with his hands. And he put um, Campbell to shame a few times. Anderson yeah. to shame more times. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's a smart move by Montreal to lock that up. Yeah, and avoiding the bridge deal. Or yeah, at least absolutely. avoiding the opportunity for a bridge deal and leading into his RFA year. Just get it done. And uh, great. Yeah, it's like nobody tell him he's good. Just sign him now. <laughs> yeah, you're a, you're a hockey player. <laughs> and uh, you play for the Montreal Canadiens. So you should sign yeah just just sign this contract that was my best mark bergevin impression if he was english i I like that yeah i was gonna say you're missing (laughs) the accent (laughs) yeah our good buddy alex galchenyuk uh was on a pto for arizona and he has since signed for one year seven hundred fifty thousand dollars (laughs) wow i have heard that is much less maybe not much less but definitely less than what the leafs offered him i bet you the leafs offered him two years probably in the million million two five maybe angval range right didn't want it he lives in arizona he kind of went home ish and maybe he's really just trying to bank on himself and oh next one i'll do really well in arizona and i'll get some more money later <laughs> I, that's the I betting know. on yourself bridge deal exactly yeah bridge under a million deal even though the leafs revived your career yeah maybe maybe it would keep going in that direction with the leafs but maybe not hello michael bunting and nick ritchie would you like to be the next good guy <laughs> exactly <laughs> and you're right the, the leafs did kind of revive his career and you know it's a bit of a shame that we weren't able to keep him i did like watching him play uh, mm-hmm. And he certainly added some depth to our, what was he, third line? 
Second line Second sometimes line? with yeah. Uh, yeah. Tavares and Nylander. Really, yeah, really fit in there. Yeah, so uh, it's a bit of a bummer, and it sucks that he signed for less than we were offering, but, you know, I'm going to go back to the home is where the heart is. He's from Arizona, signed with Arizona, and kind of makes sense. Okay, we're going to try a new segment just to finish off the podcast today. We're going to try this new segment called Stocks with Dan. Stocks with Dan. loves to deal in the stock market. It's super exciting. He tells me about it all the time, and I go, that's freaking confusing, man. You go, you do the thing. (laughs) Everybody just gives me a thumbs up and then they kind of like look to somebody else to talk to. Yeah. As, as you pull out all your uh, hundreds and stuff from winning in the stock market. (laughs) Yeah. We call it winning. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. I just won in the stock market today. Uh, Tell us a little bit about uh, the market right now, maybe, or how, uh, what you're up to or what you like, or what's just a, a, a little tidbit. I mean, I, I like uh, a little bit of combination, um, long-term investing and then day trading. It keeps it exciting, but also the long-term investments kind of over time pay dividends and, and mm-hmm. you know, they do really well. Uh, in terms of the markets right now, it's they're in turmoil. Um, we've had so many years of everyone making so much money that nobody knows what's going to happen next. So it's a really exciting time to get it to, into stocks. So let's pretend that the Leafs players are each their own stock. And they've been going up and down for several years. Maybe a new stock shows up, like Bunting Co. and Nick Ritchie Incorporated, something <laughs> like that. So they're the stocks. couple parameters here. Short-term and long-term, based on potential points, maybe this season for short-term mm-hmm. or this couple games for short-term. Uh, who are you buying? And who are you selling right now on the Leafs? So, so right now, um, I'm kind of going to be selling, you know, lower level defense. Uh, I've got less confidence in them right now. It's that there's a little bit of competition for the position with uh, Dermot and Lilligren. So, uh, you know, markets don't like uncertainty. So I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to be buying the top four, uh, obviously, our top four mm-hmm. offense. It's um, like a long term buy for yeah, sure. Oh, long term buy. So. Uh, there's two types of stocks that I would buy, uh, growth stocks and then also dividend stocks. And I see the top four offense as growth stocks because they're going to explode over the next couple of years and then yep. in potential points. And also, you know, everybody loves them. But then there's also the dividend players. And that's like your Spezza and your Simmons who, Ooh. yeah, they may be weakening over time. They may be kind of like losing overall value but in terms of what they contribute to the team in terms of the contribute in terms of like consistent points and you know penalty minutes which is always a good thing uh but also size and you know that's never going to go away so those would be my kind of dividend players that i hold uh forever nice okay same thing same players who are you buying or selling short term or long term based on the effectiveness in their role on the Leafs. Effectiveness in their role, uh, definitely Nylander. I mean, he's going to be a key player this year. And I think Marner too. I think he's going to have a fantastic year in terms of assists and in terms of points just in general. Like, I mean, I've heard upwards of 80, 90. Some people are even going crazy and saying breaking 100 points with Marner. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, those two would be kind of the ones I'd be focusing on for effectiveness in their role. Uh, and then in terms of uh, defense, I really like Muzzin. So yeah. that's who I think I'd be putting my money on right now. 
You know, short-term buy for me, I think Mrazek. Oh, oh, I like it. Yeah, I didn't even think of goalies, of course. Yeah, of course. and for his role, he's just, he's going to spurt, and then he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll just sit, and then boom, and a little bit of money, and just, just, I have no idea how this works. That might be a good thing. <laughs> but you've also been a fan of Mrazek since he joined, like since we got him. True. Um, yep. You've been kind of leaning more towards his way anyway, so that doesn't overall surprise me for that answer. Okay. We're switching the stocks. NHL team. Every single NHL team is a stock. <laughs> Who are you buying? Who are you selling? Ooh, based on previous years, maybe last year. We'll start with based on potential points in the standings. And short-term, long-term again, like are, they, are there teams that are going to start hot? So you buy them? Or are we thinking, you know, just overall before the end of the season? Okay, so for all the hostile lands uh, fans out there, this one's for you. <laughs> Um, you buy low, sell high when you're playing the stock market. I would be buying the Sens right now. I think think they have long-term potential to be a explosive growth team over the next five years, and I think they're going to be a super good contender for first, second-round playoff run. We'll see, uh, maybe in the next few years. So um, I'd be buying the Sens. I would probably be selling Montreal. I'd be selling Tampa. You know... If Tampa wins again, then just hockey doesn't matter, and I'm going to go play baseball. So I don't <laughs> really care. But, you know, obviously, you know, it's too late to sell Detroit. It's too late to sell Buffalo with the Eichel situation happening. Yeah. Um, you're looking at, uh, you know, maybe Florida as a, another sell. Um, but, yeah. Interesting. I, think, I, think I thought Florida fans, would be a buy. Uh, but, you know, you don't necessarily want to buy when you think they're going to do really well or when they're already oh, okay. doing really well. You want to buy them yeah. when you think they're up and coming. So, um, you know, right now I'd be looking at at the Sens, as I said, um, mm. maybe even Winnipeg um, yeah. as as a possible run contender in the next few years. And then I'd probably even put some money on Vegas. You always put money in Vegas. Always put money on. Yeah, that's a just op- <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, another good one for me, probably Vancouver, because their stock is that. low. Yeah. yeah, stock is low, and after signing Pedersen and Hughes, I think Pedersen's going to be back. He's healthy. I think their stock's only going to rise. It might rise quickly, so we might have to sell quickly as right, well. Right, you get out of that sort of thing. That's a pump and dump. Pump and dump. <laughs> Love it. Okay, different parameters. This is based on watchability. So. We haven't seen a lot of the teams outside of Canada play in a while, but which ones are you looking forward to watch more and therefore their stock is maybe a, a little higher or going up or so? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, other other than the Leafs, who is, for me, always going to be the top for watchability. Yeah. <laughs> I might watch more Montreal games than I have in the past. I was intrigued by their play last year. Having the, having you know, the nine or ten games against them that we saw, that we played last year, it was a great opportunity to really get to know the players, but then also kind of get excited about Canadian teams again. So I think, you know, Montreal would probably be one. Um, the Kraken, uh, you know, how could you oh, not? Uh, smart, smart. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? They're brand new. And then if I was... I'm sorry, Leafs fans. I'm going to say Boston. <laughs> Boston. Well, Taylor Hall and the perfect line exactly, as well. Exactly. They're a yeah. fantastic team. They're stacked this year. They have the Licking King. I think uh, they're always going to be a popular one for people to watch. Ah, The teams that are most watchable for me, I think, are maybe the most intriguing teams. Like, what's going to happen with this team? Whether 
whether they fall off or whether they, you know, explode out of nowhere. But Vancouver, obviously, yeah. we're not sure what's going to happen there, so that might make it more watchable, especially against some of the the harder teams if they're going to play them really hard and and uh, and come out on top. Kraken, like you said, oh, there was one more that is kind of up and coming on the bubble. Rangers, that's mm. who it is. Yep, the Rangers. Yep. Kind of fell short last year. A couple more guys are healthy. Adam Fox just won the Norris. They signed uh, Zabanajad. That was super exciting. Yeah, they they had a, just just missed it last year. Right, eh? that's too bad. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's a good one for watchability. Good call. Cool. Okay, so we might try this again sometime. We'll see how Dan's stocks are doing as the year goes on, and see how much money he makes from the Monopoly Monopoly Man. but let's make some real money now let's do our favorite segment as voted by the listeners let's make a bet and i'm gonna start things off nice and simple but fun we usually record on tuesday evenings, so that means we have four games coming up here Habs sends sends rangers how many goals do the leafs score over their next four games i'll start because it's my bet i'll say 12 goals average of three per game dan Ooh, bold move you know i was thinking about doing an average and I, the number i was leaning towards was also three however because of that double sends game and because of yeah. i feel that they're not going to do well on the first one because it's the sends yeah. <laughs> insert expletive before that one um <laughs> i think we're going to see uh three goals against the habs uh one against the sends in the first game Three against the Sens in the next game. So that's what, seven? And then two against the Rangers. So I'm going to say nine. Nine goals. Okay. And remember, our... we don't have Matthews, potentially not Marner, and mckayev has gone. True, true. But I'm also expecting four wins because I'm an optimist. Of course. And I'm just a <laughs> pessimist that hates the Leafs. <laughs> or at least against the Sens. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Craig, I'm sure, picked one. Thank you, yep. our Lord and Savior, for uh, noticing. See, I feel a lot more confident. The Sens don't have Kachuk for the first two games, and Toronto still has Nylander, Tavares. Bunting has looked good. They've got Riley on the back. I think they can still score a lot of goals against the Sens. I think they're going to score at least 15 in these first four games. Speaking of which, do you think that's how it works with God? (laughs) That he, she, it, they, whatever, however many gods there are, uh, just talk to us all the time, but we can't hear them. Wouldn't that be frustrating? Super frustrating. Sounds like a teacher <laughs> <laughs> or, or a parent to an that's infant. That's a parent. Oh my God. That's what I'm dealing with right now. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I mentioned that, but I thought it was funny. Craig, did you think it was funny? Of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, Craig's <laughs> going to put in his bet there. Craig's going to edit this thing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be funny. I didn't end up adding a whole lot. I think you guys did a great job today. And I think that's it. How do you feel, Danny? You excited for the season? I feel I'm so excited for the season, man. I mean, I I get excited around this time every year. I'm the same exact level of excited, and then every year with since Matthews, <laughs> it goes up, and then somehow it just like tanks at the end. So I'm super excited. I'm really pumped for uh, to watch. Well, I, I'm excited to watch the new players on the team, Mrazek being one yeah. of them. Um, but Bunton and Richie, I'm excited to watch them play too. So, yes, I'm very excited. How do you feel, Kyle? I'm so excited. It's like 
Game seven of all the years combined didn't happen. Let's start <laughs> anew, boys. Let's go. Speaking of which, go, Leafs, go. Go, Leafs, go. Go, Leafs, go. I'm sure Craig just said it. Cue the music. <laughs> King 